Hello and welcome to a special edition of the podcast, Are We Nearly There Yet? My name's Professor Andrew Sherry and this month I'm talking to early career professionals about their journeys so far to discover who they are and what they're made to do and their aspirations for the future. Welcome to a special edition of the podcast, Are We Nearly There Yet? My name's Professor Andrew Sherry, and this month I'm talking to early career professionals about their journeys so far to discover who they are and what they're made to do and their aspirations for the future. Today I'm talking to Kate Wallace, who works in operations and technical support in the National Nuclear Laboratory's Central Lab. Welcome, Kate, and thank you for joining me. It's great to be here, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Kate, you grew up in Cumbria. Tell us a little bit about what you were like at, at school at St Benedict's High School. Uh, well, my, my problem at school, um, to be fair, it's, it's probably still my problem now, uh, <laughs> is that I like everything um, and I can never choose. I find everything interesting. Um, and, you know, that's from, you know, science and maths, um, art, history, English, everything except PE, which maybe could have used a bit more of, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, if, if I can do it fast as a desk, I'm interested. <laughs> right, wow. So so you just absorbed everything like a sponge and threw yourself into all the subjects at school, did you? Yeah, and like, you know, even now, um, it, my day job is very sort of technical heavy, um, but still enjoy, you know, the odd creative hobby, still still draw, still write, still read a lot. So uh, keeping that creative spirit alive. Oh, that's just fantastic, isn't it? When you, When you sort of pull back from technical detail sometimes and you look at all of these other fields that there are and things that you could do with your time and your life and what you could learn sometimes yeah, I find it quite overwhelming sometimes because there's just so much isn't there that you could do yeah you've, you've only got one life I don't want to miss an opportunity to, to do something fun <laughs> <laughs> so how come you sort of ended up focusing on on physics you went to Leeds and you did this integrated masters there what was your thinking there Oh, well, I can kind of, um, I, I always knew that eventually I was going to go um, STEM, um, mm. but for a career at least. Um, but, but I can kind of trace back physics to, to one lesson um, with Mr. Richardson. I think it was year nine physics. Um, and we were doing momentum. Um, and there was this problem and it's, you know, this car and this car crash and this is how much they weigh and this is the speed that they're going at. And you know what what you know what's the what's the result like where, where do the you know what's the resultant sort of afterwards momentum mm. of the combined car mess because it's all very you know physics we do this you know we have this joke where we say assume it's in a vacuum with no gravity like it's <laughs> you sort of simplify all the problems but um yeah and and i remember sitting there and going and, and like working it through and going it's zero like the total momentum is it cancels out it's zero but that was like a real sort of eureka moment for me because oh, how do i explain this a lot of sort of science in early school is basically you just sort of learn and copy and memorize things that you've seen before. And this was a complete, this is like an answer that had never been given before, but I had faith in that that was the answer through working through the science. You know, I love, I love a bit of working through from first principles. Um, and that was when I was like, oh, and I was like, that's really cool. And it was right. And the teacher was so impressed. And I was like, oh, and then I just had this like, oh, I like physics. That was when I realized it makes sense. <laughs> it's a lovely moment that isn't it when some a sort of penny drops or something happens and you 
you know you called it your sort of eureka moment and you and it sounds like you were you weren't just blindly doing calculations as you've been told to do them you were actually thinking about the problem yourself is that right yeah and I, I think this is this is another part of why physics was a good fit is that i i just i like to understand how things work cause and effect why this causes that and you know i say you know physics but actually that's that applies to a lot of other stuff as well it's, it's very cross-functional like uh, history you know we, mm. we study history a lot of the time as discrete events but i like to know this happened because of this because of this and sort of trace back a chain of events you know, the idea that things happen in isolation is is, is very false Yes. And I think understanding that that cause and effect chain is, is where the real lessons are. That's right. That's right. So you did go to Leeds from Cumbria. What, what was it like to, to move from, uh, I guess, either a small town or, or living in the countryside into, into a city? It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to say that it was really overwhelming. And I didn't know what to do, but no, it was great. Like for me, it was a revelation moving from a small village and being able to walk to the supermarket like that sounds really simple but for me that was like life-changing it was so exciting like I can go anywhere you know <laughs> I could just walk to places this is brilliant <laughs> and I think as well like um in Cumbria and in schools and stuff there is a little bit of an aspect of, of everybody knows you um and sort of going from from school to university you know at, at school everyone has to go to school and you're you know in, you know in a certain percentage you're the nerd you go to university, everyone's a nerd. That's no longer your defining personality trait. <laughs> you know, everything else can break through and, and you know, you can, you can give those aspects of your personality that have kind of been in the background for a while, chance to, to really um, shine, to explore those. Yes, that's fantastic, isn't it? So you weren't hit with a, a, a culture shock that was a bad experience. It was actually a good experience for you. Yeah, university was <laughs> um, a brand new kind of freedom. Like it just, it was, it felt like so much was possible. It felt like the world was opening up. Yes, yes, that's fantastic. And, and what about the, the physics? How did you find the transition from A-levels to university physics? Well, I think they do a good job of trying to um, sort of ease you in. So, so first year, they often um, try and get everyone on a level playing field because everyone's come from different schools. Everyone's you know, at a different, slightly different level. Um, but, and this is very me. I remember like having a sort of like crisis of confidence uh, sort of in my first three months because I'm surrounded by all these really smart people who went to these really posh schools and they know all this stuff and they do all this physics in their free time. and I'm just here trying my best. And then like the results came back from like the first uh, semester's exam results. And I was like, actually, you know what? I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> like you guys are all pretending you're so smart, but I'm, 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 I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you really thrived at university um when you were coming to the end of your degree and you were thinking about what am I going to do next what were the sorts of thoughts that you had oh, again this is difficult because I I am really bad at narrowing stuff down mm. um and I I deliberately took took a subject that you know basically unless you really screw something up you can do anything with <laughs> Um, uh, and I sort of sat down and I was like, okay, well, let's, let's not think about what job you want. Let's think about like what sort of person you want to be, like what you want to put into the world, mm -hmm. um, sort of around this idea of like legacy, what do you want to mm -hmm. contribute? Um, and I was like, well, if I can line up my skills with 
you know sort of like the big problems of our age then that for me is like morally the right thing for me to go and do and there was a strong drive for that and you know the the sustainable energy um is you know consistently top three in world's biggest challenges so um yeah and i i sort of had a search through the different sites and stuff um and i knew about um a couple of different uh, nuclear companies obviously growing up in, in cumbria um and from nnl there was this quote in their sort of you know uh what do they call it an employee value proposition and it was um oh i can't remember it exactly which is bad because it's like one of the defining moments of my life <laughs> but it was something about um oh we occupy the space between academia and industry and that for me that was that just you know I've been looking at this from a very practical viewpoint but that was the first time that I saw something and went I want that I just want that emotionally I connected with that message because um you know taking um a lot of great work that happens in universities and actually you know dragging it out of academia and putting it into the world that was a really exciting idea to me yes but putting all of that research to practical use and making a positive difference is is exactly. hugely motivating isn't it so so you did end up at, at nnl um how did you feel on your first day um no i i felt pretty good um i yeah i my conf, my confidence uh peaks and troughs but when i started yes. nnl i was like this is great i'm gonna be great here <laughs> <laughs> didn't quite last but um, yeah, no, I, I was um, pretty confident and I, I recognized a few of the, the graduates on my cohort from my assessment center and stuff. And I was like, hey, I remember you, you're, you're a cool guy. Um, yeah, and, and you know, it was just, it was so impressive to be there and to see everybody working there and, and you know, all these sort of, you know, giant brains that I was now in the room with. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Uh, so right now um, I'm in the radiochemistry team, or I think it's S Triple S and M. We have several names, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm, I do solvent extraction modelling. Um, so very computery. Um, I did a bit of programming at university, so I carried over that knowledge. Um, and again, this is really tapping into you know when I talk about sustainable energy. For me, reprocessing is just such an interesting area, an interesting part of that. Um, I actually did a, um, a sort of presentation on um, partitioning and transmutation when I was 18 <laughs> for a local competition. Um, so, you know, it's something that's been an interest of mine for a long time. And now I'm like working on this really cool R&D project, you know, um, basically, I feel like I'm on the front line of science um, solving this issue. Wow. Wow. And, and do you see any connection between what you saw in university or what universities are doing and the practical application of that? Um, probably not so much in my course. And this is, again, because I'm a generalist, I tend to sway from one topic to the other. Yeah. You know, if I'd gone and done, I nearly went and did chemical engineering, then maybe I'd know a bit more about what my job was when I walked in. Um, but that, that was part of the joy of it, you know, was, was learning something new. Um, and I don't ever want to stop doing that. No, no, that's great. So tell us a little bit about what are your thoughts about your future? I guess sort of one of my sort of latest um, um, mindset shifts has been, because um, you know, Andrew, we, we presented to the, to the ELT, the executive board. Um, and I'm also involved in a project where I'm working with, with um, a lot of support from the fellows. Um, and it's something that I'd never really thought about before, because I guess it seems like a bit, you know, cocky and big headed. 
but getting to meet the fellows and the execs and being in the same room and just talking to them as people and you start to think for the first time like you know what one day that could be me you know very very long term (laughs) (laughs) but but you're absolutely right you know and having people who are passionate about what they do um always keen to learn and to grow and develop you know you you you're the sort of leaders of the future you know so having that in the back of your mind and thinking about so what experience do i need and i think throwing yourself into you know as we talked about last week the sort of future of the office what's it going to look like because it's going to be different you know and those sorts of practical questions which are outside the sort of world of physics and uh, and separation and all that sort of stuff it's great because it broadens you and you see actually you know, business is, is science, but it's also other things as well. Yeah, I, I think that's where, you know, throughout my life, I've, I've been a generalist trying to pretend I'm a specialist. Um, but I finally got to a point where, you know, there are upsides to being a generalist. And I, I, I really enjoyed Paul Nevert did a, did a talk with you on, on specialists and generalists, which, which I listened to. And, you know, I'm, I'm working through a process of accepting my generalist nature and taking advantage <laughs> of it. Very good. Very good. Well, Kate, thanks so much for that. And thanks for joining me this morning. Thank you, Andrew. It's been a pleasure. enjoyed this podcast to help others enjoy it too please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and don't forget to rate and review thank you